Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dork down for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to another The Dork Forest. Uh, you know the website's JackieCation.com, TheDorkForest.com. You can have a magnet, a Dork Forest magnet, if you'd like. You have to send me two bucks if uh, you're domestic. And if you're international, send me three dollars, because what the hell? I have to go to the post office and figure it out. So it's worth a buck uh, if you want a magnet. Uh, all the merch, like CDs and, and the Dork Forest t-shirt, are on the merch page on, page on JackieCation.com. There's a donation button. Some of you have used it recently, and I thank you from the bottom of my teeny tiny heart. And uh, if you haven't used it, knock yourselves out. What the heck? It's free. You can do it. Huh? 25 bucks? 100 bucks. That's what I'm looking for. Look for a thousand people to give you a hundred bucks. What do you think? Or a hundred people to give you a thousand bucks. A hundred people to give me a thousand. All right. All right. I'll take that. Meryl Marco is in, uh, is, is, uh, let me tell the credits though, because Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio afterwards. He's going to compress it and make it nice. And then Vilmos fixes the website. And then Mike Rickberg sang the song you just heard. He'll sing again at the end. Mexican hat dance. Leanne brought me to my live show a bunch of Mexican hat dance t-shirts that were hilarious. I will link, uh, there's pictures on my blog. There'll be more. Anyway, in other news, uh, Meryl Marco is still sitting across the way from me. And uh, <laughs> the same news. <laughs> the same news. It's Meryl Marco. I'm very excited. I've, uh, I've always enjoyed uh, your work. Well, thank you. And, uh, and as always, a comedy writer. And, uh, and now uh, I've read your latest book. And what I, what I have to admit is I haven't read, I've only read one other of your other books, which I can't remember the name of, but this one I've read twice. If, does that help? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like reading two books. That's like reading. <laughs> so it's the same as reading a whole bunch of my books. Excellent. It's toddler-like. Uh, I, I, I get toddler-like with books where I tend to read and reread. And same with really? movies. Yeah. I like to, once and I like something. I live something. with does that. He reads books over and over again. I feel like moving on. There's too many books I haven't read yet. Oh, it's true that. And, but do you, when you read, do you read slowly? Like, does it stay read? Well, No. It's alarming that it doesn't. You know, right. I think back like a mo- couple months later and I'm going, what was that about again? Exactly. How is that possible that, that you could read it and forget? Well, that's why I reread. Because well, I do. That's what, a good reason to What read. I do is I consume. I some, I will, I, I tend, I skim. I'm like, well, let's get to it. Let's, let's get the, to it. And then, um, and then I reread. Yeah. And then I see other parts of the story and I'm like, look what just happened. Something else is going on in the background. Well, it is kind of amazing. I've been trying to read a book on the ancient Roman Empire because I know nothing about it. I don't oh. really read history. The guy I live with reads a lot of history, and I was thinking, I really need to input some data. I need new info. I <laughs> use my a- own easy data, and I need more data. <laughs> and I've been re- I get through a few sentences, and I forget already what uh, I read. I go back and reread it and reread the, it. You know, to find a really good Roman history book, I think, is a bit of a challenge. It's uh, it's best done, I think, with help. Greg Proops, big fan of Roman history. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll maybe we'll talk to him about Roman history. I'll get you some book ideas because. I like Roman history, but it is, you know, plenty of the younger, plenty of the older. Oh, my God. Elder. Well, this is just of... an overview by Robert Hughes, who's an art critic. Okay. And to this morning, I learned that there, uh, the Romans had 159 holidays, three oh. a week, three publicly a week. funded. Publicly funded holidays. Isn't that just a, it awful feels... lot of, because I was just thinking to myself, my God, Valentine's Day, there always has to be a holiday and you always have to do something. <laughs> and it, I don't really, most of them I don't really like, although I do wish that Valentine's Day, they would be celebrated. And I also wish this for Mother's Day and Father's Day. Okay. Celebrated like Christmas, okay. where there would be scenes on the lawn. Can you imagine how great <gasps> to see scenes of Mother's Day on <laughs> <Yes>. the lawn? <laughs> yeah. Oh my, oh please, someone. Valentine's Day too. A lovely. Scenes from your love life. Yeah, whatever like, it's your, whatever your theme of love life is. Like if you're in a divorce, you have right, those scenes, right? Right. If you're alone, yeah. weeping softly into a cracked mirror, yeah. That's that's how great would that be? Or if you're just bored with each other and you hate Valentine's, sitting with like, your back to each other over, around a heart, right? Right. Right. It would be so great to go through the neighborhood and just see what scenes people had on their front lawns. It would be really in Mother's Day and Mother's Day Groundhog's would be great. Father's Day. Day, Father's Day, and I think lights too because I like lights. I always oh, like lights. To look at lights at night. Oh yeah, it is. You know. Los Angeles does excellent work with lighting. There's a lot of lighting people who don't have enough work. Yeah. And so they farm themselves out to individuals. Well, it's, just the one year, day a year at Christmas, you know, I mean, they, well, of course, it's up for five months. Right, right, right. Especially uh, in the winter where, when people have winters. Yeah. Here in Los Angeles, I find that uh, December 26th, start, people start bringing it down. I myself do not. As an Armenian person, I am allowed to keep it up until the 7th of January because uh, that's, that's, right. that's the that's Armenian a- Christmas thing. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. We're, and, it's and, Armenian Christmas on the 7th of January? Yes. It's either the 6th or the 7th. Can you tell how religious I am? Amazingly religious. <laughs> but it's right there. And it was the, I think it's the day of the Epiphany, too. It's when the, supposedly when the three wise men came and presented their gifts. Because I know Jesus. there's a Catholic tradition that you're not supposed to take the stuff, stuff down, down before. That is, that well. is like January 7th. Right. It's the same thing. It's it's essentially. But but when I was a kid, we would do regular Christmas uh, on the 25th. And then on the 7th, we would just have a nice dinner. And it would we'd have to go to church. And then in my world, uh, starting about the 15th, you'd be thinking about getting your Valentine's Day tableaus put up. <laughs> It'd be nice. Sometimes around January 15th, you say to yourself, oh, I got to prepare for Valentine's Day. Yeah, you make little scenes. What are you guys going to do? Uh, me and the guy. You and the guy. His name's Andy, right? Andy. My husband's name is Andy. Huh? How do you like that? It's not a, the same guy. Adorable. Well, that would be really awful if we it, found that out right now. Well, we were sharing the same guy. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're Mormons. We're sister wives. Let's do this. It's uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. I think no. your 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 uh, your fella is a musician, right? Yes, he is. And mine is a, is a game guy. A he game makes, guy. Yeah, he makes games and will play any game, board games, video games. Well, think how great your displays could be for Valentine's Day. Oh, he loves all he Halloween is completely insane. He does the entire year. There's blood. Yeah, see, there's, we're already doing it for Halloween and we're right? doing it for Christmas. So we really need to start in doing it for Valentine's Day and then move it on to Mother's Day. Mother's Day and Father's Day. Yeah. And, and, and the 4th Day. of July would be good. Oh, the 4th of July. We could recreate things. Wars. You could have little war scenes. Now, see, the Romans, I think, did it because remember, they have a pantheon. So yeah, they, they have did. a lot of gods. So well, they, they have 159 of... holidays, three a week. Right. That's... So you'll be always taking down your decorations and putting up your decorations. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> but it kept them busy. You know, the wives were not bored when the children left home. It is busy work. It's nice. I was, my father always told me that, uh, um, that that was the best way to control an oppressed population. Holidays? Uh, hol- uh, busy work. <laughs> Keeping people constantly busy. He would not have said holidays, but I do like that he was telling a nine-year-old that uh, the best way to... <laughs> Keep on. Okay, let's talk about the book for a second, which is cool, calm, and contentious. Meryl Marco, uh, New York Times bestselling author, and uh, hopefully bestselling book. Is it doing well on the uh, the charts? It was doing really well, and I haven't looked lately because it makes me too neurotic. Oh, fair enough. It'll, it'll make you nervous to watch yeah, it, it does do make anything. It like just if it goes you up, you're like ah. If it goes down, you're like ah. So what are you writing the next one? Or is, is I it am, constantly you know, I'm trying that? to figure out what. The next one is I don't want it to be similar to the other ones I've done, and I'm on like book ten now. So, right. So I'm just trying to figure out a whole other direction to go in. Well, somebody gave me the Pride and Prejudice for Zombies. You might <laughs> want to think about doing well, a Dickens. Been, yeah, there's there's been a lot of that. There's that. Isn't there one with um, Abraham Lincoln and as a zombie? Yeah, that's coming out. Yeah, that's good times. I, I'm unmoved by zombies. I don't need any more zombies in my life. No, they've and they've used up werewolves and they've used up vampires. Yeah, werewolves. I haven't seen enough werewolves. There's not that many centaurs. Maybe I should go for that. Oh, you could do a centaur. <laughs> yeah. James Polk is a centaur. Oh my God, I hated that guy. He's my least favorite president. It's weird that he would be the one. But uh, well, it doesn't have to be him. It could be. Um, oh no, if Henry he, Harrison. He oh wasn't no, around make, long. make him a center. Yeah. Even though uh, Polk, if you made Polk a center, he was very heavy. Polk. Uh, yeah, that'd be a, it'd be more of a Clydesdale kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, because he's a big horse. He'd be a big horse, that Polk dude. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I digress very well, easily. Also, what, I will what was the off. guy with the uh, with the uh, that monster that has a third eye right here? Oh, Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah, oh, nobody's yeah. brought them back in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. they used to be scary. Uh, those or Medusa. Medusa, sure. She's doing good work. We bring her out. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm good. I, I you could write would you have you ever well, thought I'm about I'm just saying that you have to you have to go for all other kind of um monstrous creatures. Have you ever the, thought about writing fantasy or science fiction or I'm sort of thinking about it now. I haven't really got a hand on it. I'm also thinking of doing a graphic novel. Oh. Because be- I have an art degree and I've been sort of kicking that seeing what I can do with that kind of stuff. So I've been you, really, Would you draw it as well as... I can draw, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I've, I've been sort of thinking about that. That's amazing. That would be uh, that would be cool. Kind of a Persepolis kind of thing? Persepolis, yeah. She, I love the, Persepolis. The, Iran lady? I love Linda Berry. Yeah. Is, was she the Iran lady? Because I'm just going to call the her... Iran the Iran lady was Persepolis, yeah. <laughs> and her name is Linda Berry? No, Linda Berry is that... Oh, you don't know Linda Berry? No, no, I oh, don't know no. who anyone is. It's, oh, uh, well, you really awesome. need to uh, yeah. write that down and yeah. go get her work. You will really love it. What is it? It's a uh, really personal um graphic novels or graphic no- they're awesome. not really standard graphic no- novels she's um she's sort of older than that okay. but she's she's unbelievable I okay. mean in fact when we are off there, I'm the going to go on your Amazon and show you the book that you should buy 
And I will link it in the notes. And she and also teaches an unbelievable class called, called Writing the Unthinkable. Writing the Unthinkable? Yeah. Oh, that sounds that sounds very dangerous. She's fantastic. It's, do you ever do those uh, spoken word live story shows? I have done some of them. Not lately. I used to be on Young Cabaret. Right. With uh, Beth Lapidus. Beth Lapidus. With and the yelling from the back. Yeah. And, uh, no, in and fact, I just did it again a couple of weeks it's ago. Back. She it's just, back. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for her. Yeah. But I haven't done too many of those other stories. Because Risk, there's one called Risk uh, by I Kevin Allison. I just saw Allison. that yesterday. He's the guy from the state. And uh, he does it oh. mostly in New York, but he's starting to do some here and up in San Francisco. And I've done a couple of them. And the first time I did it, I took the name of the show incredibly literally. That's what I would do. I always do the assignment, and I'm always the only one who does the assignment. <laughs> I was the only one who did the assignment. <laughs> Janine Garofalo gets up, and she's like, are you working on material? I could have worked on material. What you, I bared my soul about being an asshole. And, uh, but I'll tell you this, it led to some very nice, uh, some, uh, some good material, actually. When you, when you, well, she mean Janine didn't talk about risks. She just talked about... No, she well, she talked about the things that she talked about later in the week on stage as well, oh. uh, from her from her act. Like I, oh, it was all brand new. It I was mean, all you're the one new. who said you're working on material. I mean, Janine was working on material, yeah. and you were talking about risk. Right. I risk something crazy. Right. I essentially I told a story to which I was not the hero. And uh, last couple of years, I've decided. Hmm, I think more interesting if if, if you just b- tell people well, it's that, more interesting. That can be. Uh, yeah. yeah, if you if you have insight into yourself and why you were behaving that way, people love that. Sure, and 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 you have some sort of. I mean, the whole career of Howard Stern is more or less that. But do you feel like he's working on himself? He told he's in therapy like three or four <laughs> times a week. <laughs> did you have you done therapy? I did a lot of therapy. Yeah, did you? And I, I really think it's fantastic if you can afford it and find somebody that you you have to find the right person. If you yeah. don't find the right person, um, you're kind of just wasting your time. But right, I did it for three years, and uh, and I I found it to be incredibly helpful, quite honestly. And but I went in again with the assignment, and I uh, she was like, "Well, to do this, you have to admit the, these things about yourself," and I was like. Okay, I can definitely admit that I'm, you know, I can, I'm pretty good at admitting the bad parts of me. I have a hard time admitting that I'm a decent human being and that I'm, I'm doing just fine. So, uh, we worked on that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's worth working on, you know, yeah. I mean, all that stuff that, that it, it, you're better known about it. I've heard people say, well, you don't, you lose your sense of humor and so forth, but you don't actually, you just enlarge it around yeah. it. So, cause the, the core that makes you, Comedic is like a tennis game you plug into, kind of, don't you yeah. think? I mean, I think it's like a video game you've got okay. where you just... Where you're constantly acting and then reacting well, you just and have, acting and you reacting. you have it. Like, you, you develop it when you're so young. You don't... It doesn't actually go away unless you really are working at making it go away. Oh, oh yeah. I don't... Yeah. You know, my greatest... You know, your great fear when you stop drinking or you stop doing drugs or you stop uh, being... Like, I, I, I worked with this guy who told me that I should never lose weight. Because being heavy was part of my act. And I was like, what about my heart? Does anyone want to talk about my health at all? <laughs> I was like, I thought I'd just be funnier 60 pounds less. Is that something? And uh, <laughs> so, but it was, and it was such a dicky thing for him to say, but he didn't mean it in a dicky way. He was, it was one of the things that he's genuinely afraid of, not about his weight, but I mean, because people, I think it's a genuine fear. It's like you go into therapy. If you fix something, the broken thing was the thing that made you funny. Yeah. And it isn't. No, it isn't. At all. It might be part of the thing that made you funny, but it it isn't the thing that continues to keep you funny. It's the thing that holds you back, really. I mean, if you've got like some sort of a terrible depression, that isn't fueling your ability to get anything done. It's keeping you from getting more done. Right. It's just you're in stasis. It's completely ridiculous. But um, yeah, because in this book, The Cool, Calm and Contentious, there's so many stories. There's there's four stories where you anthropomorphize your dogs to an extent... (laughs) That I have never seen, uh, where the conversation is is extensive and uh, well, I just said crazy about my dogs, and they sit are sitting around me all the time. And when I'm really out of ideas, I just look at them and I start thinking, <laughs> what do they think I'm doing? You know, you just you got to figure if you spend that much time with them, they you wonder right. what they don't even know what I do for a living. <laughs> no, they do not. So what if someone asked them? What would they say? I actually went to did a piece on, for a different book. I don't know if it's the other book that you read, but right. I I don't think oh, it no, was. you didn't read the other book. Um, I did. I, I once looked into pet psychics because I have a lot of friends who love the pet psychics, and ah. so I phoned a lot of them, and I decided I was going to do um, 
have a, a test group. And the test group was going to be, she was going to interview my assorted dogs. And if any two of the answers were the same, uh, that would be something. Proof. Yeah, proof that there was some psychic information <laughs> coming across. So I used the one dog I had, which was a little Shih Tzu named Winky. Okay. I, I, I had found him on Pacific Coast Highway. And so my question for this woman was, where was he before I found him? Oh. And uh, which seems like a pretty good It'd be awesome if she could find the answer to that. Well, I asked five different people, and I got five different answers, which which only means that either they are just (laughs) making stuff up and... Or they think they're getting real answers, but they're hearing whatever they want. So or my dog's a pathological liar, which is possible, and he's just screwing with them. He's doing punked, you know. So, oh my God, have you been to the psychics? I. It's a rite of passage when you move to LA. All it the is. Female friends tell you, oh, you know, you got to. I have to. been uh, to the uh, palm. I had a palm reader in New York. I've also been to tarot cards. Uh, I think three times. And the one time the lady recorded it and I listened to it so often over and over and over again until finally as an act of God, I lost it or it broke or I couldn't find it in my car because I think that, yeah, you definitely you're like, talk about me some more. Let's do this. Let's go into delving what you think about me. And it's- But they almost always are saying something that is really wish fulfillment in a very specific. I mean, they're real good at it, the good yep. ones. But they're saying something like, you're coming to a time now where you're going to make some important choices and you have a really, <laughs> uh, it can really go well for you if you follow what you believe in. And, you know, it's that kind of stuff. It's where kind you think, of encouraging, too. It's very yeah. encouraging. And it's also really true. You know, right. it is true. Oh. Always. <laughs> always. You're always walking into something where if you followed your heart, I bet you it would go well. And it's, uh, it's, it's like your greatest <laughs> dream that that would be happening. You know, So it's like, yay. It is true. And 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 I feel like that, that sort of that industry was created here, like all L.A. jobs that were created here out of whole cloth that then pat, moved their way across the uh, Well, they got planet. a lot of them in New York, too. Yeah, they got they start, I think, on both coasts and then spread out from there. And yeah, uh, because there's a lot of disposable income. Again, my father says no disposable income. You keep the people down. Otherwise, you got to create things like yoga and uh, <laughs> for your dog. And uh, so but I like um, the psych. Have you been to I mean. I went to a bunch and I would write about it because I always, when I'd be out of, either when I'd be in despair and looking for just some kind of a light along the way or where I would just be out of topics. I would go and get a prediction and then I would wait to see whether there was anything or something. (laughs) I really, I never saw anything particular. Particularly. I liked, um, and then, you know, my therapist did a lot of, um, she did past life regression as well. She had a, she had a glimpse into the past life. I never... We never did it. I I had enough uh, problems in the present, and so it was fine. We dealt with those. And but uh, and and the weirdest thing about my past life, <laughs> such a, I uh, the only time I ever thought that I might have a past life was I thought I might have been a drummer boy in the Civil War. But I also read a lot of those books when I was eleven. So uh, <laughs> I, I actually went and had a past life regression for one of these books. I used oh, to go out go. and do stuff until I got to right. sort was, of a, a more additionally chicken. I used to find <laughs> myself in weird situations, and I because I used to live by myself, I would I would go okay, I made make the appointment. I'm going to a love channeler, right? And then I would find myself in some weirdo's apartment with the door closed and think just this is I should have told someone I was coming <laughs> here I someone. could just be dismembered and the love channeler would be none the worse for the wear you right, know and they would be channeler. That's what okay, it was. I went to a past life regression and yeah. I was really into it. I mean, I, at the time, I was always open, like I was with a pet psychic. Yeah. I felt like it's, it's a pretty good possibility that you can either get information from an animal or sure. you could pick up electromagnetic waves that would have something to do with the future. Sure. Or there would be a past. All that stuff seems like it not completely impossible right. in the world of how weird the world is anyway. True. But the past life regression, I sat there and I tried to be regressed and I don't know whether or not um, I, I got nowhere. I got really, to you tried to be. You, I you tried really new. hard. You might be new. That's a line. I'm new. You're new. <laughs> you're, you're brand new. I'm brand new. Yay. Oh, isn't that nice? It is nice. It's, <laughs> I like the idea of... Um, of because, you know, there's a collar you can buy for your dog. Mm-hmm. Or it used to be at Sharper Image that then went out of business because they used to sell these collars for dogs that had a remote control that would tell you what your dog was saying. Like the dog would bark, and then it would give you a choice of what your dog just said. And they were more than the three things that I think dogs are always saying, which are, are you going to eat that? Yeah. And can I come in and can I go out? Yeah. Those are really 
those yeah. are the things I think dogs are saying. I love dogs. And they say hey a lot too. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> that I think uh, in bark language is is actually not that that I think is that translates. It's pretty good. I once made a dog laugh. That's not that's not easy. That's not easy because no. what you got to do is you got to find a sentient dog. You got to find a dog who really understands humor. I was playing fetch with this dog and I threw the stick. And we were playing fetch. It was fine. Good times. And then I threw the stick and uh, I beat the dog to the stick. And then I ran and I beat the dog to the stick. And the dog just looked at me and barked a laugh. was like, you're crazy. You crazy person. And uh, so that's, uh, that's, did you see my animal thing? Did you see that pet uh, animated pet I did. Thing? I thought it was a little cruel. I was <laughs> But funny and beautifully animated. Beautifully animated. Beautifully animated. Very funny. And, of course, accurate. And uh, down to the tiniest. Because, of course, it gets down to that your, your point about get a new dog is a little different. It's like get a new dad, you know, when you're really super attached. Right. I have a 17-year-old dog right now, and I just adore him. Right. And he's in great shape. And he's, he's in great shape. He's starting to get a little he's weird 17. in the back hips. How big but. is he? He's like a small German Shepherd. Okay, you no, know, he's a yeah, yeah. like oh, nice. And do you um, have you had a lot of dogs over the years? Or? Yeah, I always have four. You always have four. Yeah, oh, I don't know what. Once you've had four, then <laughs> when you have when they start dying off, and you only have three and two, yeah. it's like. Where'd the rest of the dogs go? So, <laughs> like, so you bring in nice. a few more, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, and also, if you if you have more than four, you need a kennel license. Oh, right, right, because you can only have four pets legally in the Los Angeles area, to my knowledge. Yeah, because I had a cat guy on who had ninety six cats, and uh, that well, wasn't the a dorkdoms are a little dangerous. Yeah, That's that didn't another... feel like a dorkdom. That felt like uh, a trouble. And but the, he was he said forty five of them were rescues. And I said, you know what that leaves? Another 40. So what we got to talk about is the other 40 cats. What's well, happening? you've seen that show Hoarders, haven't you? I will not watch that show Oh, it's, a, it's just because the frightening it picture sad. of what's we're Animal all hoarders. headed if we watch, don't watch out. You know, I watch <laughs> right. it for, just to remind myself, don't the line. save any more stuff. Right. Because you're right, saving right. enough stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff. So what would you, what advice would you give to people? Cause, cause the thing is, is you're going to outlive your dog. That's the thing about it. You know, yeah. no, the a, advice you, you wait, there, there's a moment where you can tell where life isn't worth it for the dog, but there's, the, you know, it's about spirit. It's the same as with a human being. There's, right. At some point you see the dog, if the dog can't go out and go to the bathroom and can't walk and really bleeding and, or, you know, I mean, yeah. It's you pretty, know, it, it, it should becomes, be obvious, right? It becomes pretty obvious, yeah, right. in a terrible way. And right, I have a, I have a, 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 an addendum to that joke that nobody ever wants to hear because my <laughs> friends, for many months, would not tell me until I confronted two of them when their dogs were ill, or their pets were, cats were ill, or whatever, and they wouldn't talk to me about them because they kept thinking I was going to tell them to kill their animals, and I'm not, I'm not going to, and which in some ways makes me a bad person because if you need, if I'm, if you're carrying the quivering torso of your dog around for two weeks while you get used to it and I just let you do that 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 seems like animal cruelty too to some extent don't you think or well you have to it's a it's a fine it's line such I mean, a personal... we're so the weird the thing that's the weirdest is that it's very it's the rare animal that just dies anymore oh, you have to right. put them down which is a terrible situation to be in it would right. be because at it's, least if they had a heart attack and died you'd go you know but the yeah, all yeah. the different things we can do for them now they live on right. the way people live on right you could just plug them into something and terribleness yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh andy's dad my husband's dad uh, is a uh, trains bird dogs uh from horseback for many years and um and he is uh just loves dogs and animals so much but also goes to cockfights he used to uh, go to cockfights and uh, you're just like and he had told the story we were there visiting about a year ago and he told the story about how it's um, awful yeah well it's a freaking nightmare oh it's a, it is a nightmare right, you don't that's a well it's hunger games for chickens <laughs> right right it's an inside your head voice it's a that's not you don't tell anyone yeah. that you go to see a cockfight even though he lives in arkansas and um everybody's from mississippi and andy's family and so when you drive mississippi it's against a lot to do uh, cockfighting in mississippi take a stand mississippi uh but it oddly enough is not against the law to raise fighting cocks Huh. So there's all these... Those Raise them and teach them peaceful pursuits. <laughs> right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but then, Translated into poetry somehow. Right, somehow. Or, it's beautiful. And then you drive them over the border into... Uh, it's like the old slave laws, as far as I can yeah, tell. Because you drive them into Louisiana, and it's legal to have cockfighting in Louisiana. And um, and so, you know, we were talking to, to Clyde, and I was like, how do you justify, you know, how much you love animals and how much you love... And going to see that. And he goes... 
Well, have you ever seen a, you ever been on the killing floor of a chicken factory? And oh. I was like, there's that. <laughs> and done. Done. You win. You win this conversation. Yeah, but not that many people go to the chilling floor of a chicken factory for, for like a Enter- fun evening. Right. I'm not going to bet on that because I'm always going to bet do. against the chicken on the killing floor of a chicken factory. Maybe people do go to those places for the evening. Where are we going tonight? <laughs> Valentine's Day. Is coming up. <laughs> Maybe that could be the scene on the on the yard. Yeah. Oh, people killing chickens. Yeah. I don't know how we got there, but uh, it does seem negative. Uh, it does not seem like a positive experience. What else are you reading? Are you reading anything good? Uh uh, what am I reading? I have a pile of b- open books on my. Uh, do you, do you swap table. out between them, or I do because I can't really. I'm, I'm having a very slow go through this ancient Roman history book, but I'm determined to get through, through it. it. So I I do a couple of pages of that. Um, what did I? Um, oh, uh, I've been reading about uh, the life of Montaigne. You, do you know the essays of Montaigne? I don't offhand. Well, they're amazing. They're turned, he's the guy who invented essay writing, more or less. I mean, personal reflection right? essay writing. So it's very interesting, kind of a collapse oh. from when it's 1500s to now. Oh, okay. It shows kind of the, does it end the similarity Sedaris? between... Does it, uh, hmm? does it end with David Sedaris? Uh, no, uh, it's all just the guy. Okay. It's just, just this him. one. It's him. Okay. Yeah, but it's he's like the original David Sedaris, I he's, guess. Yeah, yeah. Or, but he's not writing about you know his horrible family and his his gay <laughs> issues he's writing about right. you know having a thumb or you know it's it's basic very specific. ruminating and yeah it's it's ruminating about life in a in a very personally reflective way which is really fun to read that is really fun to read i bet he got mocked horribly initially I don't think so. I think no? he was beloved. He was a nobleman. Oh, okay. And so he had a beautiful like, studio too. It was this really? thing was show, has layouts. Is he French? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, Montaigne. Okay, and uh, uh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. What's that book? What's that called? Well, the book that somebody just gave me this Life of Montaigne book, which okay. is all about just sort of his. It's his. It's cullings from his writings, and then it's about how he wrote and his life and stuff. Yeah. But I just reordered his essays because I haven't looked at them in a while, and I wanted to see him again because oh, they reminded me. So yeah, that's that, the nice thing about computers. You just go on, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Amazon, which turns out to be, I guess, sort of an evil company. We're worried about. I guess about. they're the devil, uh, <laughs> along with uh, Apple. <laughs> Apple breaks my heart. I've been uh, getting Apple products forever. I don't want them to be slave laborers. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Steve Jobs, what was he doing that for? I don't know. He was our hero. He was was a hero. He was also a piece of work, I'm told, though. But uh, isn't everybody? But here's, like, as I sell T-shirts on the website, and uh, look at that. See that box? Those are new Ranger of the Dark Forest T-shirts. They're union-made. I found that's what I would made do. T-shirts. That's what I would do too. It took me four t-shirts. years to find a, a textile company that was making Union uh, wow. American made because I've been I've had American made. So because uh, I'm willing to wear clothing just made by toddlers and just because that's how they're made. No one makes clothing like toddlers. They're the best. Oh, they have those tiny, tiny little <laughs> yeah. The stitch work is amazing. Didn't they used to shine the inside of shell casings during the big war? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but these, so the the American-made ones that I've had for several years since I started making that t-shirt is obviously made by a poor adult woman at the very least in the Appalachians, right? Yeah. And so this these were slightly more expensive, but they are union made and i'm in a union so why don't we and they are corrupt as well you know there are trouble there's trouble in the union which union are you talking about sag i'm an after i'm sag oh after they'll really work for you (laughs) they will sit there i'll tell you what after will do is after if you don't pay your dues with after after comes after you with your old dues that you owe and they won't let you do anything (laughs) they won't let you do anything unless you pay them $62. Well, $62, nothing. I hadn't paid for a while because oh, I wasn't really? getting any more after work. Right, and right. I got something and they had a, a bill that was like $32,000. Oh and they, my God. Did you talk them down? I, I did. They let me bargain, but still it was an enormous sum I had to pay them. That's, yeah, that's, uh, you got to talk them down. There's no, uh, there's no not talking them down at that point where you're like, uh, you're never going to see but any it's of so this money. so worth it because then you don't owe them anything for a while until you, <laughs> you, until you get another one yeah. that says, really, you should really just give me $62. There's this thing you can do for after, ladies and gentlemen, rangers out there. If you're in after and you're not working like myself, uh, you should uh, you can send them a piece of paper that says uh, you, there's a form that you fill out and it says, "Yeah, I'm not working. Yeah, you're not going to want." I did that. Yeah, because it's it's the otherwise last- you can never leave after. You know. They right. don't ever let you out of these unions. Right. 
they don't. And you're in. And, and you, you always get that bill. You get that bill, even though you haven't done anything. And you're yeah. like, how And do I care? they can't represent you, and you're not paying toward your health insurance because you're not making enough money to get health insurance. Right. I don't have health insurance or, or anything through them, but yeah. I just got this big pension thing. So that's from the say. downside of the union. Yeah. It's uh, the debt. The union has trouble. There is trouble with the union, but we do want to support the unions because yeah. they created the 40 hour week. I'm a big fan of the 40 hour week. Yeah. Even if I haven't worked one in a long time. Yeah. But, uh, of course, they're keeping child laborers from really doing their work like Newt Gingrich tells. Oh, that is true. That yeah. is true. It's, uh, you know, those the children, kids. the janitorial squad <laughs> that we all enjoy seeing when we go to school. Yes. Little children cleaning up. Yes, that is. It, it does keep them off the streets. Uh, did you have a job when you were a kid? No, I didn't have a job until I was, I guess, senior year in high school and then freshman year. I, I did all the way through college, but right. I didn't when I was a kid. But not, but, um, because we, you know, in, 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 in my family, there was the encouragement to get a job very early. Very early. And uh, what jobs are there? You mean babysitting? Well, I did some babysitting, but I also uh, sold. I did some some crime. There was some crime happening, and that was uh, that was very entrepreneurial. Very lucrative. Very it turns Especially out. Especially if you're small and you're underage and stuff, they hardly even give you any sentence. Look at this punum. Who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna be sad about about giving an extra fifty cents? I was selling student council candy bars for uh, ah, for more kind of, well, and yeah, skimming I did the off Girl the top. cookie thing. Oh, did you skim off the, the top? reinforced um, the forced pastry labor? Oh, forced pastry. So you sold those. Did you mark them up at all? Or? No. Oh, okay. I wasn't doing any crime toward the Girl Scouts. Oh, I was okay. barely selling any cookies. I would go and... See, if you would have had the incentive yeah. of the markup, uh, you could have possibly made some money and then sold a lot of them. Yeah, that's Because I, I sold true. more student council candy bars than anybody. Oh. Because I had incentive of... Uh, because they were 50 cents each and I was selling them for a buck. I once had some kids selling those candy bars come to my door when um, I was living in North Hollywood and this girl knocks on the door and she goes, hi, I'm a kid from my school and I'm selling uh, candy bars. And uh, and I go, I'm sorry, I don't really want to buy any candy bars. And she goes, oh, great. How am I supposed to get to Bermuda? <laughs> Bermuda? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to get to Bermuda. I guess, Especially, you know, I, hopefully one day. One, if you work hard. And, uh, and I recommend the Amtrak. And, uh, and don't eat too much candy because you're going to need to be in swimwear. <laughs> Bermuda children are very advanced in this city. Yeah. There's I I was sitting next to these two young boys who were having uh breakfast at Nat's early bite over next to the big kid collectibles which I'm going to send to you after when you leave here. It's a it's a toy store. And um they must have been 11. It was like a tiny episode of Entourage with uh, two little douchebags uh, talking about and this is what made me pay attention to their conversation. One of the 11-year-olds said to the other one so where are your people from? And the kid goes, Chicago. We're mostly, we're mostly out of Chicago and takes a sip of his chocolate, uh, his hot chocolate with giant whipped cream on top of it. And the other one goes, Oh, I love Chicago. We're going to France this weekend, this, uh, this <laughs> summer or whatever. And I was like, what's just happening? What's happening? And I just totally tuned in because it was ridiculous because children are absurd and awesome to some extent. Well, they're, they are. And they say such great stuff that you, they come up with the best lines. I mean, it really, I just don't know how every parent doesn't just write down lines forever. I mean, right. they probably do. But I remember one, my, my brother took two, my two nephews to Europe when they were too young to go to Europe. Right. And I, <laughs> and they went to Switzerland and I, I said to the one guy, um, how'd you like Switzerland? And he went, Switzerland? Well, there weren't any rides. Oh my God. He <laughs> like, Yes, I like that you refer to one of your nephews as one of the guys. One of the guys. One uh, of the guys. I don't know which one it was. Well, it was I, I do know which one it was, but I'm just on the outside chance that there's any overlap in his friends would oh, yeah. and, and torment him forever. For never knowing, for, for not, not well, knowing. I mean, but he was like six or country. seven years old. Yeah. It's, you got to be 12 or 13 to be truly bored at a museum uh, in Europe. When you're dragged around to look at that guy. Oh, I think cross. you can do it at almost any age. At almost any I've known, age. I've known, a, you have never known adult men who won't be dragged around a museum. Oh, there's, it, it, it can be trouble. It can be. So you have a degree in art? I do. In fine art? I have a degree in, yeah, it was, it was studio art. It was, it was painting and, it's painting and drawing. And oh, stuff. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So do you still paint? And I just started getting back into it again. You know, I, I hadn't been for years because I was super competitive with it and I decided to change careers. So mm-hmm. when I put it down, I thought it would be sophomoric and dilettantish and so forth and so on. I was that competitive about it that oh. I just pushed it aside <laughs> and refocused on writing and everything. But, um, mm-hmm. but no. now I'm sort of, I have a real bad art supply habit. I go to art supply stores and I really, it's, 
it's almost no stopping me buying the same pen 500 times. <laughs> Just like, like, oh, my oh. God. Oh, I got to buy more paper. I have to buy more pens. I have to buy. Or what, what's uh, the medium you're working in now is. Well, I've been buying a lot of because I'm thinking pens. about doing a, a graphic thing. And oh. so I've been buying a lot of sort of really cool paper and pens and seeing which pen makes what kind of marks and stuff. I used to do um, watercolors with a brush with one hair. I've oh, just really? super detailed kind of paintings. That's amazing with Was one real, hair. But I well yeah, because you can do really small little work. But I yeah. I used to uh I used to be way more patient than I am now. Writing brought out the impatience cuz uh, on the other hand, you know, writing and all this kind of cerebral stuff is on one side of your brain and I think it's left side for writing and right side for music and I'll art. Check. Yeah. It isn't and, fair really right. cuz the right side where the music and art is is the fun side where you can just yeah. do it and and be it's like driving, you know, where you you know you're driving but you're also you're paying attention, you're thinking about other things, you can kind of coast through the day painting or playing music and you wake up and it's 12 hours later and you think, "Wow, where did how is did yeah. I do this for all these? Not writing, as no. you may know. Uh, writing really. It's, it's a pain yeah. In the it butt. is. It is. It is dense. It, it you have to be there for writing. You have to show up, and you have to be paying attention. <laughs> you do. Do you do? Do you have like a? Are you one of the the people who has a regimen? Do you do a no. thing? No, I back myself into a regimen based oh, on deadlines. Ba- oh, nice, nice. Oh, good. <laughs> you give me hope. And uh, <laughs> I love that's what deadline. I liked about the Uncabaret is if I knew I had a like I was going to go on on a like a Saturday or right. I guess it was Sundays, then I would always. Like uh, starting Friday, I would start seriously focusing on right thinking about it. And does she give you a theme? I forget. She used to sometimes, and not always. No, not lately. Not lately. Hasn't. Okay, yeah. So she's got music about... there now too. Oh, nice, nice. And is it like seven to ten minutes? Is that the deal? Or I've no. It's, for me, it's always seven to ten minutes. But right. for a lot of people, some they people go? they just go on and on and on and on. Those Ooh. kind of people. I like. I love I, I, yeah, you like to go on and on. No, I, I like to keep it tight. I like to keep it tight. <laughs> I like a nice arc. And uh, I like sit and. Spin is a is a is a storytelling thing where you read it, uh-huh. and I like the reading of it because then I don't miss any of my jokes. Turns out the hilarity that I've written on yeah. the page. If I'm just telling you the story, I'll be like, oh damn it, I forgot the. Well, I would, one thing I liked about alternative comedy when it showed up after just regular straight <laughs> right, right. stand-up was you could bring a piece of paper on stage. I mm-hmm. thought that was the greatest oh, it's a lovely thing. innovation of the 21st century is that, uh, yeah. It and, is nice because then, then you don't have to write on your hand like Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And why did she write on the back of her hand? I When I first started you doing can't write on the back of your palm. hand. I you went can't. on the Daily Show not that long ago for the first, for the second I time saw I that. I saw that. that and, I, and I right before I went on because I was spent the whole day not sure what I was going to say or what he was going to ask because he doesn't do a, a written interview. Oh, he doesn't like the other shows do. He just wings it. Okay. I started writing stuff on my hand because I'd been trying to project what he might ask and right. write, you know. And I, he I started has cards. He, he, huh? <laughs> he has cards. Why didn't you get to bring any? So you tried to write. I tried. I tried him, but my hand was too sweaty and it was all blurry. So then I ended up like writing on the back of your hand. But you can't really get traction on the back of your hand. <laughs> no, no, it's veiny and it's veiny and bones. Yeah, that's where that's where it's all being yeah, kept. You make an R and it just it goes over three different planes <laughs> of your hand. But it just my penmanship sucks on the back of my yeah, hand. Yeah, really it's bad. A, but I do still write on the palm of my hand sometimes because you know what? I'm never going to lose the hand. Huh? Let's knock on wood. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, so let's, uh, yeah, so you got the, there's some of the great ones in here, of course. There's the dog ones. And then your mother, your mother, and your dad. Holy smokes, those are a treat. That's, I mean, th- those are the ones that'll make people want to buy it and go, oh, these are going to be fantastic. So what's the deal on your mother? Stories. My mother? Oh, dead now, low these many years. But I do have a stepmother who did has you been... not have any issues with your mother? Or did she leave the, her, shed her mortal coil too young for you to know? I was her? seven. She was 33, oh, yeah, which is the young. age of Christ. Uh, coincidence? Yes. Because <laughs> uh, she was not a good mother. Uh, she was not. She, I, so you really didn't go through the stress that she might have brought based on the fact that she... Was she never departed there. too soon. She departed too soon. I was I'm the youngest of six. So my 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 mother who passed away uh, had six children under the age of ten when oh I was my born. God. Yes, and my so father, she would have been a crazy person. She was insane. Yeah, she was completely and entirely insane and drunk all the time. Yeah, and so constantly. she qualifies for what what I write about in the book. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then my stepmother was driven mad uh, by your father. By my father, who was like immediately got remarried because he had six children at that time. So she must have been of, sort of like your mother because, as we know, repetition compulsion gets people doing in, the same thing over and over again yes yeah and my and my father has always said you know 
all the women I marry are alcoholics. And I'm like, yeah, that, I think you might drive them to drink, Dad. I'm uncertain. I don't think it's... But he's them. attracted to women who lose who, control. Right. Like that way. Who, and my stepmother... And his, was his mother a drinker? No. No, no. Well, my... St- was my his father? You know, I never knew my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather passed away when I was four. And then... But my grandmother passed away when I was, I don't know, uh, 10 years ago. So, uh, 35 or whatever. But the thing is, is she... Um, she did drink a little bit. I remember when I was little, I had a cold and she gave me a shot of peppermint schnapps and she was like, go take a nap. Here's a shot. And I was, you don't give been, a little kid a shot of schnapps unless no. you're very pro alcohol, pro alcohol. So I was about eight or nine and I came home and I was like, and, and, uh, we were sitting at dinner and you had like 15 seconds. You get 15 seconds to catch my father's attention at the dinner table. It was like, you've got to keep it tight. Got to keep it tight. And, it was uh, good training. It was excellent training for uh, for pitching. Uh, well, that was one of the point that I was making is yeah. that being raised by those kind of parents is like being raised by hecklers. So you right. just, you just oh, yeah. are ready to go when you right. get involved with comedy. Right. You keep it tight and, and you, yeah, you, you can, you can riff with the best of them. Right. Yes. And uh, and you can make it and you could produce under pressure mm-hmm. because there's a lot of pressure to produce from these two people, from your parents. There's a lot of let's. let's so did you tell your father that she'd given you? Sh- sh- oh, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I told her to stop doing that with the other kids. And I was like, well, I'm glad she didn't stop with me. Well, nobody listens to anyone. Nobody. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> It doesn't seem to be a possibility that Why anyone will that ever a, listen to anyone. Well, that should be at a pillow. Nobody listens to anyone. I don't think you've ever noticed, it's the truth. noticed that. <laughs> most people, when you're talking to them, you just can, might as well just go blah, 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 blah. Exactly. If you say it in a friendly tone, they'll be happy. And if you say it in an angry tone, they'll be worried. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, wait, I think you're channeling your dogs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, because that's all, that's all they're hearing. They're yeah. hearing happy tone of voice or sad tone of voice. Yeah. Yeah. More or like, less, oh, I guess. Did I do something? And, uh, oh, I didn't do anything. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think you're right. People are more like them than, than they, than they want to admit. Yeah. So, but it is, it is excellent training for, for any sort of dysfunctional families are yeah. good training. If you're already kind of a person who's, you have to have been born with, um, verbal skills and right. It helps if you have, yeah, tendencies. You can't, be a whole other kind of person. But if you're born that with that kind of personality and you come to that family, you turn out a comedian. Yeah, you can. You, um, it definitely it creates um, at least good storytellers. I mean, all, all of my all of my siblings are very good storytellers and and pretty funny. And um, and so, yeah, I well, think yeah, needs because so you guys all ended up close. Yeah, we're, we're all right. We're pretty close. I mean, there's, you know, there's six of us. So are any, other, other of them doing stand up or just you? No, no. My oldest brother's an evangelist. Oh my, my God. second oldest brother. That's is, amazing. Yeah. It's the same. And, uh, it's with the talking. And then my brother, Phil is a uh, print salesman. And, uh, my brother, Scott is a commodities broker. And then my brother, Russ is an econ professor. Huh. And, uh, and then my sister, Darla is a, um, also a broker, but like a, a socially responsible investor person. Like she tells you, she helps you invest. So it's also, yeah. it's like sales. Everybody's in sales. Yeah. It's i uh, I'm selling jokes. My father, he always says things to me and then you might be having a better time than they are. And so you would think, but Maybe everybody not. loves their jobs. Yeah. Everybody genuinely, my oldest brother, uh, who is a bossy Magoo, uh, loves to be the boss of God. He's huh. very nice. There's just the one job left as God, and yeah. he is sadly not qualified. And there's a glass ceiling, but he's been disappointed about that for about 20 years that there's that glass ceiling. Mm. Yeah, really too bad that they're not allowing anyone to rise to that occasion anymore. Right. It's, uh, yeah. Well, it's the Romans a... used to have all of those different gods, and then they right. made them get rid of them. Exactly. I love the it's Romans. It's corporate structure now. <laughs> now it's, it's CEO. Exactly. Some sort of who's the same as the CFO and the same as the COO. That's right, Terry. You can't get up. Can't get up a leg. It's very Tony Randall from Pillow Talk. And, uh, which was, he was like, I had $10 million in college. I still have $10 million. I can't get ahead. Can't get ahead. <laughs> He's telling Rock Hudson that in Pillow Talk. Do you, do, you, uh, do you enjoy the films? I have not seen uh, Pillow Talk in a you, long time. I saw oh, it when I was a kid. Sure. Um, and remember, all I remember is Doris Day is in it, right? Yeah, yeah. You do remember it fondly? I, you know, I remember sort of every movie the same from that period. <laughs> like, Oh, it was okay. <laughs> I, you know what I watched last night? I watched the screening copy of um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Have you seen that? 
Oh my God. <laughs> no, and I won't. Uh, well, I've first of all, that actress books. is fantastic. Did yes, you, I, I understand that. You the, have read the books? I've read the books. Uh, I understand that the, in, in both cases, Swedish and American, that the production is amazing and the acting and the writing is, is amazing. And I read all three books in a week. Well, they tried to condense too much story into this movie. I mean, they yeah. they went with the... I'm guessing when I was watching this thing, I haven't read the book. Okay. And I was watching it, I was thinking... I bet you this last part of the movie was a 400 page sequence in the book. Luckily, it isn't the whole, the whole book is probably four or 500 pages. It's blessedly that's a, short. That's a long book though, 400, but, 500 pages. Right. But, um, but it, every, all those books used to be 180 pages. Remember that? Those, those thrillers back well, in the seventies, yeah. Ross Thomas and yeah. Parker. Uh, and, but now they're all four or 500 pages. So it could have been seven or 800 pages, but it wasn't. And, um, and they're very well written. I just wrote a very long scathing blog about the dragon tattoo because I realized what I hate about it, which is that she, it's always sold to me as if she's a feminist. That she's triumphed over this thing. And all it is is a revenge story. It's a good revenge story. I mean, the it's actress nice- is doing something really satisfying. <laughs> I mean, I actually, I'm not one for, for watching most kind of action right. thriller revenge okay. things, but I was excited by her by taking her that guy apart. Yeah. Well, it I is, loved it. Yeah, as a revenge fantasy goes, it is excellent. Yeah. And, um, it was a wonderful, and she's great. She lo- And she looks weird and great. You mm-hmm. know, it's great to see somebody who looks like that be the center of a movie. I really enjoyed that. Yeah an outsider she's like a magic girl in this thing right she right. can do anything here's the funny thing about the movie if i okay. were working on saturday night live and i was a sketch writer Ooh. here's the sketch i would write yes As every time they get to daniel craig and i think her name is mara R- Rooney, 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 Rooney mara Rooney mara that sounds yeah. right uh unless it's mara Rooney. right <laughs> i don't yeah but it's uh, those yeah. two words some in some placement anyway right. if the, every time they get to them and they're, uh, they're discussing some kind of important plot point it yeah. goes more or less like this and the important thing for you to know is that I'm trying to try to bother. They don't. They're so low key. You can never understand what they're saying. We were sitting one inch from a bunch of speakers, and we kept playing it back and turning it up again, and and we were looking at each other, going, "Did you get that?" No. It happened about five, six different times, and then we'd go push it back again, and we'd go back too far and have to watch another scene over again. It's Someone full of being... muttering. It's they're so of... low key. These two that they are not moving their mouths. They're less. They give away a facial expression of some kind. They're really mumble fucks. It's, it's really it's mumbly. A, yeah. And I think that's because it's Swedish. Well, no. it's not in Sweden. Well, right. But they're, they're trying they're to capture English. that. I know. They're trying to capture that Swedish stoicism. I'd rather I watch thinking, I totally would do that sketch over for over Saturday over Night Live. That would be a great sketch for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. No, and then it would go on too long. And you'd go, we got it. We got it. Oh, we got it. But then That is the biggest problem with the whole, with every sketch show I've ever been to. It's like, okay, so I believe the joke was over. Yeah. And that's where black. That's got where it. we go to black right there. And well, then you, you got to fill up an hour every hour and a half Saturday Night Live. And there's a lot of costumes possibly i was just like you do more black box it'll be fine if there's enough if the joke is funny enough everyone loves it it doesn't have to be it'll be i think good. there's no way to for them to i know there's a, a really high cut rate on the, that show people i know have been driven mad writing for that show where you never get anything on oh, you never get it's just because they're, they're it's throwing. very specific who I, there's some people really just thrive and yeah it goes so well for them and they're really happy i have a friend who's been running weekend update for years and he's couldn't be happier okay and then i have friends who have we're really driven mad by trying to get things on that show and just came away from it just uh, thinking i can't stand it anymore i don't know how to it's a, there's definitely different skills of different kinds of writing you know like i can't like i don't i don't if i come up with there are certain jokes like i don't write one-liners if i write a one-liner it's kind of exciting if I write a dick joke, it's kind of exciting because I've written like four dick jokes in my life. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah, it's a new joke about sex. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's small triumphs like that that I enjoy. But I but it, I think so. And you've written both. Now, these essays are essays. So they're not. Yeah, they're actually like. Yeah. They're, well, the a lot of them are fiction, too. The dogs. The, right, the dogs discussions with the dogs. Yes. Are, that would be didn't really happen. Okay. <laughs> as much as you wish. Yeah. Yes. But the but in there's it's in most. No, it's mostly nonfiction. So but then you've also written novels yeah i I sort of um pushed off into novels there for a while it's really hard so writing a novel really talk about a task that really can make you insane okay for me i mean i although everyone i've talked to who has written novels is similarly okay 
challenge. They're okay. really hard because the thing about writing an essay is there's a very specific amount of territory. So you can sort of fly over it and do reconnaissance and go, all right, I'm starting okay. here. It's like a long form of stand-up. Okay. You know, I'm starting here and I'm ending here and I'm going to cover the following terrain and then I'll go back and expand some of it and contract some of it. And you can see it like a map, a yeah. Google map, you know, okay. but, but, uh, but a novel is hundreds of pages long, and you have to pull somebody along by the interior logic of several plots that are interwoven. Yeah. And it's dialogue and it's descriptions, and it has to, it can't be too dull or everybody's just going to stop reading it. Right. And it's so dense with stuff that has to be right that you have to keep rereading it. But you, if you keep rereading it, it's taking too long. It's an impossible task. It's really hard to really pay that in the butt. That really sums up what the, because that is incredibly. Yeah, that's what it is. If you don't do all that stuff, right? If you don't do all of that stuff, you are screwed. It makes writing a screenplay look like so much fun because you just write your um, it's all dialogue, intro, so and so, and then you just like write, write, yeah, dialogue. You don't have to say walks in her hair was just freshly cut from the right, the the smell of grass was all over. Who gives a shit? This is what they said. Well, you do have to give a shit because they always tell you you have to care. Don't tell. So they you don't not supposed to just be. Um, having them ex- explain what happened, like you yeah. would in a movie, like they did in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, where there's a the whole there's one whole subplot that it takes must have been hundreds of pages in the book that takes place in about a minute and a half on the, in that movie. Which uh, which subplot? The one where uh, she takes apart some corporate guy who. Oh yeah, that's a big plot part of the book. I bet. Yeah. Well, it's only about, uh, I'd say it's an eight-minute seg- montage in the movie. Oh. She's throwing a wig out of train. And oh, she's, there you go. You watch her transform from one thing to another and do yeah. all this stuff, almost silently, almost like a, like yeah. a love montage it's, would be in a movie. It's spread over the entire book. I mean, the, that, that's what the, I figured. The, that's why they could do it as a montage, I guess. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's almost an afterthought in the in the movie. Like, and oh, I just we forgot to put that thing in, but it's really long, important because that's where she gets all of her money. And but it's there's a, so much. Yeah. Now, how yeah. could we do it? Well, let's just do it here. No, no. We just want to show another rape scene. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, they didn't it's miss a, any of the rape scenes. Oh, they thank got all God. Thank it was God. mainly about the serial killer stuff. Right. Right. And it was, you know, and as, yeah, and as Revenge Fantasies goes, it was very, very compelling. Fantastic. Very compelling. Uh, as, She's the greatest. She really. It, I, I heard today a friend of mine who works at Starbucks told me that somebody from Sony is was asking people what they thought of the movie and said they might make a series out of it, which totally makes sense when you watch the movie. It, it looks like a series. Right. Well, you could follow her. Does she ever heal and then trust another man and then allow herself to be loved? Because that's the true um, triumph of being raped, quite honestly, I think. It is not when you castrate and torture someone. Well, to she seems to be in love with this guy, uh, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, who's yeah, the, the guy who's twenty-seven years older than her. It's yeah. a good idea. That's a great idea. I hope that all works out for her. Anyway, um, how about someone who's her own age and doesn't the age of her dad? And uh, so, <laughs> well, daddy issues, you know. Uh, yes, which I am. We all have. Daddy. And that's the thing. They apparently she killed her father. They say that in the movie somewhere, but they were, she's revealing why she's so twisted. Um, and, and she says that was one of those lines we couldn't hear. Uh, oh. I killed. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, I killed my just father. She, what did she say about killing her father? <laughs> just, what? No, what? Play it back again. I can't find it. I can't find it. <laughs> it was really oh exasperating. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, I had something about uh, about the, the whole daddy issues. It's because my father is 74 and keeps dating these women who are 29, 30 oh years old. Oh, my God. That's and, challenging. Right. And we're happy for him. I mean, I hope yeah, he gets laid sorta. well after his own death. But As uh, long as that 29-year-old doesn't pretend to be your mommy. I'm oh, your new mommy. <laughs> I'm your new mommy. It was creepy. He was da- dating a woman age appropriate. But uh, she, actually, I went to uh, grade school and high school with her son, Jimmy Budish. And Jimmy Budish was the biggest bully of my my, uh, grade school and of my grade school. Everybody knows about Jimmy Budish. Jimmy Budish had trouble. Mrs. Budish is a very nice old lady, uh, older lady. And, She's dating uh, your father? She was dating my father for many years. And Really? Um, Mrs. Yeah. Budish? Mrs. Budish. See, no one knew that. We no all knew, knew about Jimmy, but we didn't know. Right, she... right. Didn't tell you about Mrs. Budish. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Budish, very po- she has the internet. She might be listening. My father does not have the internet and will not be listening. But uh, but now he's he was dating, you know, he's a ladies man. So and And it keeps him young. You know, whatever. But I don't need to hear the details. No, it turns you really out don't. I'm your daughter. So uh, you can keep it to yourself. That'd be awesome. There has to be someone else you could tell. Friend, strangers, not me. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. I was going that with, through that with my father after my mother died for a yeah. while. And I've just, you know, really seriously, I don't tell you these things, do I? And <laughs> right. I'm not inclined to. I'm right. not planning to ever. 
Did he? Did, uh, does he have someone nice? Does uh, he, he's dead now. Oh, did he pass? But away? in the okay. afterlife, he's. I think he's probably having a good time. He's working it. He's yeah. working it. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> and uh, yes, I hope that everyone it all works out for them. I have no qualms about him getting action. Well, if, if I just any don't of them need... find out where that room is where all the seventy six virgins are sitting. <laughs> They're all like, oh, they doomed. Oh, what could be more boring? Uh, I don't know. Have you ever thought about dating a nineteen year old man? No. What to do? Too young. Too young. No, I want perfectly. I nice... want common references. Yes, perfectly nice young men. But women are more sensible about that. You know that I've thought about that whole thing about the younger women and the older men yeah. stuff, and I think that part of it is just that you know younger people look better, and that's they, obvious. They're that's very obvious. We all get that. The other part of it is that older women are like not putting up with the same shit that younger women are. <laughs> yeah, older women are like, you got to be kidding me. You're not. You don't think that I'm putting up with that, do right? You? Right. You're and just... that's annoying for a guy who has. To no changing ever in life and is now <laughs> about to repeat all the same mistakes he did with his wife who's gone. Right, right. Hoping to get a whole new set of responses. <laughs> <laughs> right, that definition of insanity. Uh, to do the same thing over and over again yes. and expect different results. It, that also belongs on a pillow. Ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, start uh, some crochet. I think that is on a pillow, actually. That, that probably is, or on some sort of pendant. Uh, some bling. What? Uh, so what would you recommend people read? Like, I've read Cool, Calm, and Contentious. What's the next oh, of you your books that. I should read? Oh, well, the other one of my books? Yeah. Oh, well, the, the um, one that a lot of people like is called Walking in Circles Before Lying Down. It's All it's right. a woman and a dog. Oh, that'll be nice it's a, then. a talking dog, though. Oh, that'll be nice with the talking dog. Well, it's, it's always uh, nice to know what the dog is thinking. Yeah. It's, I used to walk all the dogs in my neighborhood because we weren't allowed to have pets. So uh, I would walk everybody, by the you way. You were a dog walker? Uh, just volunteer, though. Oh. People very psyched, by the way. Because they were like, yeah, we get to have a dog, but we don't have to actually walk the dog every day. Because I would go take Misty and Pepper for a walk. And uh, perfectly nice dogs. They were adorable. Yeah. It was a a black lab. And Pepper was some sort of a a curly mutt. Uh, Like sort of a smaller dog, gray, curly haired. Those are Uh, called curly mutts. It was a curly mutt. (laughs) Pepper should have been called curly mutt. It's a breed. You'll see them at Westminster Kennel Club. (laughs) The dog show. It's happening. Yeah, it's coming up this week. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. Oh, is it? The curly mutt class. Yeah. Oh, the curly mutt class. It's going to be best in show. We're going to get that dog going. And uh, that's my Frank Conniff impression I just did. I mugged. Anyway, so... Um, Frank Conniff, very funny. Very funny. David Feldman, very funny. That was a Rick Overton. That must have been a really great episode of the, the, Feldo, the Feldo, Feldo Pod. The Feldo Pod. The Feldo Pod. Is it called Feldo Pod? It ought to be called Feldo Pod. It'd <laughs> be awesome. Did. I'll look it up. It'll be in the notes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you should know that it's been an hour. All so, right. uh, what books um, what, would you recommend? What's, we're going to look up uh, the Russian, not the Russian, the Roman, the Romans. Uh, oh, uh, Mon- um, the, the essays book. of Montaigne. The essays of Montaigne, and then the uh, my favorite Montaigne. writer for if you if you like essays, if you're looking yeah. for my favorite guy is Robert Benchley. Benchley? Okay. You ever read him? Uh, I have read a couple of his. They're great. He's very silly and smart, yeah. which is what I like, that combination of cerebral and silly. And, and just goofy. Yeah, that is yeah. lovely. And he's another one that he collapses time lapse for you because he oh. wrote this stuff in the 40s, but it, it's like he wrote it yesterday. So it oh. makes you realize it was actual human beings. Right. Walking around before just, you were alive. Right. You your know? grandfather is actually a person kind yeah. of thing where you're like, oh, that old guy used to be a young guy. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's easy sometimes to think that, you know, the Romans weren't actual people. They were just Romans. Right. Waiting around for a video game where you could <laughs> pick them off. <laughs> it is One day true. there'll be a video game where people will be able to kill us en masse. We'll right. wait for that. Right. You know, I was watching um, The Help and, and I was thinking about how... What do you think was, of the help? Do you like it? Uh, I I thought it was I thought it was fun. I you know there's it's fun. So, well, the thing is, is it's so hard to make those like those poignant uh, black people are people kind of things. Yeah, where I thought the like, black aspect of the cast was really good. I thought the the ladies looked like they were doing an acting seminar on oh, Southerners. Oh, the, the white the white ladies. Yeah. yeah, they 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 did not seem particularly human, and it seemed like Tree of Life, but with uh, with ladies. Yeah, because uh, Tree of Life was sort of the black was the white male version of the help, as far as I could tell. Hmm. Did you see that? I didn't make it through Trio of Life. No, I no, there was the no three. reason to. And uh, yeah, it was terrible. I've, I've heard, but I have friends who are critics who thought it was the best movie. That's that. because, well, and you might like it actually, because visually it's supposed to be very stunning. Well, and, I, I thought it was visually kind of stunning. And yeah. then I thought, well, that's enough stunning for this evening. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm overwhelmed by the amount of stunning. But everyone is very shiny and 50s looking. And, and so the, the, the help had that as well. But it was... Um, this, I, the my problem with the Southern white ladies in the help was that it really did look to me like, um, 
maybe these people didn't actually know any Southern white ladies. They just had watched a lot of movies full of Southern white ladies. Yeah. And they were doing Southern white ladies. Right. It's kind of like everybody who has watched Fast Times at Richmond High and enjoyed Sean Penn's performance uh-huh. went on to do, there was like decades of people who had never seen an actual surfer doing Sean Penn right. Fast Times at Richmond High. And you just go, come on, get a new surfer. Yes. There's got to be at least one other surfer. There's one other kind of surfer yeah. going on. Somewhere, meet a surfer. I bet he's not like Sean Penn. <laughs> Right. More likely than not, there is no surfer like Sean Penn. So, but it, yeah, that's um, it's yeah. that Im- it's the improv caricature thing. It's yeah. like Valley Girls. Ever since Moon Zappa did that one thing, yeah, all everyone else did that same thing. Yep. You know, there's other people living in the valley who are girls. Yep. Who you could do. You're right. Who have other lives. But I think you're right about the help. I think that's exactly it. Because I have met because because Andy's whole family's from Mississippi, and and I've met his aunts who are perfectly lovely Southern ladies who have all kinds of opinions about the fifties and the, and, and then his uncle Joe and, and, and all these, you know, you meet all these people who still live in a very rural Mississippi. Wow. That kind must of be life. interesting. It is fascinating. Uh, the first time I met his, his, uh, his, his mom's side of the family, they took me to the, um, they took me to the cemetery and I was talking to someone from here and she goes, wow, they're, they're introducing you to the whole family. And we went back to the Civil War and the whole thing. And wow. um, they were around for the Civil War. Yeah, they came, um, that's the thing I've just been watching. Is that Ken Burns Civil War? Oh, that's, oh, there you go. I like that to come up minute 58. That's awesome. It's a, uh, damn it. I love the Civil War. We'll have you back. Talk about the Civil War because I love the Civil War. You love the Civil War? Did you? Oh, are you enjoying Wars. it? Well, I only got to day five, and then I thought I'm taking a break now. Five <laughs> hours of the Civil War in a row have been a lot of Civil War. That is a lot of. Civil and then War. And the guy I live with is a super big Civil War buff, and he was okay. like, "Oh no, the big bloodiest battle is still coming up." And I went, oh, "It's going to be. Awesome. I have to take a break for the, from the bloodiest <laughs> battle. I just saw the bloodiest battle. <laughs> I thought I just saw that. What are you talking about? Cold Spring Harbor? What's happening? Is That's it, what's coming up. Cold Spring a, Harbor. Oh, yeah. Did you? No, we was did it Gettysburg? Gettysburg. Oh, Gettysburg. Vicksburg was pretty bad. They were all pretty bad. There was all yeah. disemboweled, disem- dismembered everybody. Right, and really bad and horrible healthcare. stories about slaves, and it's just heartbreaking and Oh, yeah, genuinely, and, like one after another. And it was... Uh, and then how about that uh, Colonel... Uh, wait a minute. McClellan. Oh, what about General McClellan? General, General the What Union. an odd dude that is. Yeah, he was an odd little duck, wasn't he? Well, um, he was just not fighting. Right. He would... He would he would. He did a lot of good posing, didn't he? Didn't he, he? He was a very attractive poser. Yes, right. The, he would. He would move his guys around a lot, if I remember correctly. Well, he apparently right? thought then, that the guy that I live with is a big Civil War guy. Yeah. So, I, according to him, um, that McClellan thought that the the South was a much larger army than it was. Right. Because right. apparently Lee was moving the field units around in such a way that they kept going past certain vintage vast. Vista points. Okay. And, and he thought that meant there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of more of them than there really were. Right. It was and a he, smart tactician. And it, right. And I think he thought that Lee and, and, um, Jackson were, that both of their armies were together. And that's what, and so he waited so long that they eventually, uh, did join up, yeah. it turns out, and then destroyed his army. So, yeah. yeah. And then sadly, did you, you know, um, and how sad? I mean, you think about, Stonewall Jackson, who was not necessarily, he's a very religious man, and he was very... Um, he was apparently insane. Do you know that he was apparently always holding one hand up because he felt that it would, it would, um, he had a number of tics like that. that. It would, it would increase his balance and keep his heart f- and his constitution in... He was a big guy about his constitution. I did shape. not know about the hand. He always had one <laughs> hand up, apparently. There was something happening with his blood flow that was supposed yeah. to help it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Did you know that he was shot accidentally by his own troops? Mm. One North Carolina guy. Uh, ex- that's uh, how he died. Yeah, that's how he died. He was. Uh, he we, was. We think it was accidentally. Pretty sure. Pretty sure <laughs> it was accidentally. <laughs> no, no, they love that guy. That guy was. He was a. He was a genius, I guess. And um, but my many geniuses uh, had weird tics, like holding his hand up like a crazy person, and would say things like, "No, no, black people." Yeah, they they want to be slaved. Yeah, slaved they love is it. that a word? They love it. Enslaved might be the word I'm looking for. It's a weird one, but the help, I mean, I thought, I liked it just because I thought it was better than driving Miss Daisy, because I thought that there was a black community feel to it, Yeah, like what you were saying. No, I that, thought that aspect of the movie was, was really nicely done. Yeah. And then did you see The Descendants? I thought that was good. Yeah, that was good, too. It was sort of sideways, but ladies are sleeping around. Yeah. Because, you know, sideways was them just jerking around in I didn't country. have any complaints with that, really. I thought, nicely done. 
Nicely done. Yeah. And then, um, what was the other one? Midnight in Paris. I didn't watch that one. I, I, I have can't a gripe do... with Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Haven't seen anything since Hannah and her sisters. Not since me he either. started Not sleeping since... with his daughter. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very hard uh, <laughs> to, uh, to let that go. But this one actually looked so, like, sort of lovely. Like, sort of early. So did like, you watch it? I did. And it was, uh, it was excellent. And and very sweet. And Owen Wilson, for some reason, is doing a Woody Allen impression. But maybe he always is. I think everyone does a Woody Allen impression when they're in a Woody Allen movie. I think that they watch him and they think this must be how he wants it done. And then... Or his cadence might be super addictive. Yeah. That... I mean, you can hear his voice. Like, did you read Albert Brooks's um, futuristic novel? No. It came out of about maybe f- four or five months ago. Yeah. It's it's good, but 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 it's also interesting that uh, you can really hear him reading it to you. Oh, no, that's what I wanted to ask you. Are you going to read Cool, Calm, and Contentious for Autumn? I don't have any. I don't know. It hasn't it hasn't surfaced yet as a uh, possibility. Please, for the love of God, I heard Tina Fey do hers, and I heard um, uh, Sarah Vall. Sarah Vall reads all of hers, and it just adds so much to it. It's really, really awesome. So well, I'll see if that opportunity. Ends up happening. All right, let's start an email campaign, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, you guys, it's been an hour. I have enjoyed so much talking to you. I enjoyed talking to you, too. It was mellow. It was lovely. We we chatted it up. and uh, We covered everything. I don't think we left anything uncovered. No, and I'm going to make you sign my book now. So okay. uh, thanks for tuning in, Rangers. Take care of yourselves out there. Okay, bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?